I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. G'day folks and welcome to another episode of Encanto's Down Under. Kim joins the show to tell us about his frightening experience after being woken up by a bright light coming through his window and the overwhelming fear that overtook him as he tried to escape. So please welcome to the show, Kim. Welcome there, Kim. You there, mate? Hello. How you going? Good, mate. Good. How about yourself? Yeah, good, thanks. That's Thank, you go, very much for, thank you very much for having me on. No, no, mate. No worries. Pleasure having you on here, mate. Um, so, you look, you've, you've had a little bit of an experience there a few years ago, or a fair while now. What are we, about 16, 15, 16 or something like you were saying? And um, obviously, mate, you take it away, mate. You, you tell us about it. <laughs> right. So, yeah, a long time ago now, uh, about 25 years ago, a bit over 25 years. I was a um, sort of a mid to late teenage years, I reckon, 17 or 18 years old, uh, living with my parents in a little seaside town called Primrose Sands in southern Tasmania. Um, and I lived out the back in a bungalow or like a small shed. It just had the, the one door and one small sort of small uh, slatted window. And uh, I used to spend my nights out there playing video games or watching the TV. Yep. And, um, yeah, so basically uh, one night when I'd been sitting up fairly late playing video games, um, maybe about midnight, I think I, I crawled into bed and um, I'd been asleep for a couple of hours. And then I woke up... Um, very tired because I'd gone to bed so late and sort of half asleep and a bit sort of dazed to notice that my room was uh, lit up quite brightly. Um, there was light outside and I had curtains covering the window, but they were only made of uh, thin, cheap material. So the light was coming through the window. And uh, there was a strange sound as well. Um, not a loud noise, but sort of like a, a deep rumble or a humming sort of sound coming from outside and being half asleep and sort of confused as to what was going on. I, you know, tried to put together what it could possibly have been. And the only thing I could sort of think of was that um, maybe my father was outside moving about with the bright spotlight that he owned. Uh, as for the noise, I, I sort of couldn't really work out what that was, but all I could think of with such a bright light coming in through the curtains is that for some reason he was outside shining the spotlight in through the window. And so I turned away facing the wall, sort of covering my eyes up and yelled out, you know, what's going on? And um, 
I didn't get any kind of reply. And then as I was sort of waking properly and rolling back over, I could start to sort of sense it was very strange and that that, you know, didn't seem to be what was happening at all. And I got up out of bed and um, I had a bedside table that sits right underneath the, the slatted window. So I couldn't step right over to the window immediately. So I just reached across and pulled the curtains apart. And when I did, I, I couldn't even see, like my eyes couldn't adjust. It was sort of like waking up in a very dark room and, and being thrust straight out into the bright sunlight. I couldn't see anything immediately. And then as my eyes uh, adjusted, I could see the like the bush. We lived in an area where we had two spare blocks either side and the bush behind. And I could sort of, I could see the bush um, but it was bright, like brighter than daylight. And, um, my eyes were struggling, but I could, you know, I could see things outside. Uh, and I started to notice this really deep sort of rumbling, humming noise. Um, my senses were starting to sharpen as I was waking up properly. And I started to feel a bit unnerved and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Um, so I leant over the table to get my face up close to the window and put my face down low on the window to try and look up. And when I did, the, the sky was just blinding. I mean, completely blinding. I stepped back away. It sort of almost hurt my eyes. I couldn't see anything momentarily. I let my curtains sort of fall back down, um, covering the window. And I stood inside my room, uh, rubbing my eyes and my sort of eyes came back, back to normal. And, um, I started to really focus then on this this noise or it was like a like a very low frequency sort of rumbling humming noise as I said but you could feel it it wasn't extremely loud but I could feel like the vibration um, sort of through my skin uh, and it sort of felt like my whole room was just ever so slightly you know rattling or vibrating and so I found myself standing in the middle of my room um, starting to get a bit scared, trying to figure out what was going on. <clears throat> and uh, I didn't go back over to the window to try and open it again. Um, I sort of started to panic and I thought about sort of popping my door open and trying to make a 20 metre dash inside. Um, looking back in hindsight, uh, I don't know why I didn't have the thought to want to step outside and look up but I'd sort of gone into a, into a bit of a panic. And um, I approached my door and was thinking about popping it open and trying to make a run for the back door of the house. And I just couldn't do it. I just became overcome with fear. And um, this noise seemed to be intensifying and the, the vibrations seemed to be intensifying. And without being able to go outside and see it, it just felt like something really, really big um, was was just above the, the shed that I was in. And um, I started sort of scrambling about, not really knowing what to do. And uh, I just became overwhelmed with this really uh, deep sense of terror. Now, you know, I was somebody that used to walk through the bush at night by myself to go to my friends' houses. Uh, I didn't scare very easily. I wasn't frightened of the nighttime. Um, but 
this just caused this huge sense of panic. And I, I just didn't know what to do. I, I was too scared to go outside. Um, I wasn't sure what was happening. The other thing to, to mention is that back at that time, um, like I didn't have access to the internet or anything like that. So I hadn't been exposed to anything sort of UFO related. And that's not what my mind was going to straight away. I just really didn't know what was going on. I just had this feeling of being really small and there being something really large outside. Uh, and the night was lit up, you know, a hundred times brighter than day, like super, super bright. And just the confusion just set off a panic and I didn't know what else to do. I had a feeling overcome me like, like I needed to hide. Um, obviously there wasn't anywhere sort of to hide or to go. And I ended up just sort of scrambling back up onto my bed and my bed was against the wall. So I just sort of sat on my bed against the wall and, um, you know, could not think of what to do. Um, panic sort of got stronger and the, the light, although I wasn't looking outside, seemed to be intensifying and the sound and the vibration was getting stronger and stronger. And that feeling of something large above me uh, felt like it was lowering, like something approaching. And I just got this almost, I guess, childish or instinctive um, sense to, to hide. So I, I, I actually curled up into a ball and pulled the doona completely over to me and faced the wall. And I was just locked up in just extreme terror at that moment. And that this whole experience probably lasted for, you know, it wasn't long, maybe a minute and a half, two minutes at the most, this whole sort of thing had happened in. And um, yeah, I found myself, it's sort of hard to talk about even now, all this time later, but I found myself just terrified, more terrified than I'd ever been in my life. I'd never been even, you know, remotely that scared ever since. And in the peak of that moment, it was like somebody flicked a switch and suddenly I was laying on my back with my bed fairly well made on top of me in my room and it was morning. I could hear the sounds of, um, you know, birds chirping outside and, and just like any normal morning. And I was aware of the fact that I'd just woken up, but I was immediately aware of the fact that Oh, we've lost you. Just for those who um, don't know what's going on at the moment, um, he's, we're going through Skype. We're trying a new way of doing this at the moment. And um, he, for some reason, his phone keeps closing down there to go on, um, even though while he's talking on Skype, <laughs> his phone closes down. And so <laughs> he has to keep reopening it and keep tapping on the phone. That's why we will be hearing those tappings. So anyway, sorry, Kim, um, you're right, mate. Go for it. Keep going. Righto. Whereabouts did you lose me? Um, so we found you, mate, you were on your bed there, you're woken up and you're sort of a bit disorientated, figuring out what's going on. I think we're going, Bob. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I knew like it was morning and I was aware of the fact that I'd woken up, but I was immediately confused about how I'd been able to fall asleep um, in the middle of such a like terrifying ordeal. I was just instantly confused and my mind was immediately back on, on what had just happened. Now, 
I've never had that experience before. I've had many a weird dream and within, you know, seconds of waking up, you kind of think to yourself, oh God, that was a stupid dream or God, that was a weird thing to be dreaming about. I'm very aware of what it feels like to wake up from a dream. This was not like that. Um, This was more like uh, when you go to hospital and you get anesthetic and then you wake up after anesthetic, you, you, you can remember what was happening, you know, before they anaesthetized you and you just have this blank patch where, where you are at. And it was more like that. Um, I jumped straight up out of bed and it was uh, like summertime early in the morning, but sort of very bright and warm outside. And I, I don't know, I just didn't have that panic that I had the night before. I felt like it was morning and that clearly what, whatever was happening was over. And I burst out my um, back shed door and my dad was uh, weeding out the garden in the middle of the backyard. And I ran straight over to him, um, like very distressed, asking him what happened last night. Like, what, what was that? Did you, you know, did you see it? Did you hear it? And he was looking at me really confused. And he said, what are you talking about? And I said, the, the, like the night was lit up brighter than day, you know, and the, the noise. And I sort of went through it with him. He was looking at me really confused and I said, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't know that that happened. And I said, have you had the TV on this morning? And he goes, no, no, I've just been out here. And I said, God, you got to come inside and turn the TV on. Like it has to be on the news. Like something big happened last night. I can't be the only person to have seen it. And um, he again, looking at me strange, said, I reckon you must have been bloody dreaming about it. You know, he just didn't sort of couldn't get a grip on what I was saying. So I ran inside, uh, my mum was in the kitchen and um, I repeated the same thing to her who again looked at me very strange and I said, no, no, wait, watch this. And I I turned the TV on and I started cycling through channels and it was just nothing. Uh, It was just a totally ordinary day and I just could not get my head around how that was possible. Like, you know, as far as I was aware, this you know, huge, uh, you know, phenomenal event had happened and nobody else seemed to be aware of it. Um, So I've switched the TV off and I reckon I spent the next hour trying to convince my parents that, you know, what had happened. And and the more I talked, the sort of the stranger, I think they looked back at me and (laughs) they they couldn't seem to understand at all uh, what I was talking about. and yeah, just the extreme confusion that I felt. Um, I remember I got myself sorted and went straight around to my you know, best friend's house and then started repeating the same thing to him. And he's also sitting back with a very puzzled look on his face saying, you know, do you reckon maybe you were dreaming or you might have dreamt it? Uh, and that's that's basically the response I got from people over the next week that I, you know, tried to talk to about it until in the end, I just got that feeling that everybody around me was starting to think, you know, possibly I'm, I'm going a little bit crazy (laughs) and I stopped talking about it. Uh, So yeah, I spent the next three or four nights sleeping inside the house until my dad had sort of had enough of making up an extra bed and was saying to me, you know, come on, what's going on? You got your bedroom out there making up this bed in here it's stupid you know all over some stupid dream you need to go you know go back out to sleeping in your own room so 
I did that. Uh, it took me, oh, I reckon, months before I had a relaxed night's sleep and I was frightened to go out at night and walk the bush on my own like I used to. Um, yeah, a lot of things changed for me. And then I guess over time, like around about six months to 12 months passed, uh, nothing else happened. And I just started to move on with my life and I definitely stopped talking about it. Uh, I didn't talk about it for God, 15, 20 years, I reckon. Um, and then it would be more uh, recently with a lot of the UFO stuff that's been coming out in the media and, and on the internet over the last sort of five to 10 years that convinced me to start bringing this back up and, and trying to talk about it. So um, that was something else that I wanted to, to mention as well. Going back to the fact that I, I hadn't been exposed to any sort of UFO information or, or documentaries or anything at the time that this happened. And, and at that time, I was very unsure what had even happened. And then years later, watching UFO documentaries and um, hearing people talking about like abduction experiences, which still to me doesn't, you know, it still sounds a bit silly, um, but the way they describe those experiences happening, waking up to a bright light and, and a noise and the, the feeling of terror. Um, the first time I seen a documentary where someone was explaining that experience, it made my hair stand on end. Um, it's very, very similar to, to what had happened. The only difference would be that a lot of those people mentioned that, you know, in the years following their experience that, they had, you know, flashbacks or dreams that sort of linked to what happened in that, you know, space of time that they can't remember. I'd never had anything like that. Um, never anything strange ever since. Yeah, nothing strange ever before. <laughs> um, yeah, it was just very, very, very strange thing that stuck with me. And um, all these years later, I, I see so much UFO stuff going on uh, on the media that... Uh, that sort of leads me to think that it was definitely something like that that happened. Yeah, it's certainly a life-changing moment for a lot of people and some worse than others, more than anything. Um, it's just a shame that you sort of didn't get to remember what sort of happened between that moment of you passing out and waking back up. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you start to go into the hypotheticals of like an abduction type thing, um, you know, we we had a uh, a neighbour like one block away. Um, you know, some of the, I guess, sort of sillier things we talk about is make jokes about with my partner and myself now is, you know, did I wake up and start to witness, you know, the neighbour's abduction? <laughs> and then just well, it's a possibility. Put off the sleep and, <laughs> and uh, yeah, became an um, unwilling witness or something. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what to make of it all that I do know is to be this many years later and to still have like an effect on me now. I mean, I've had many dreams much scarier than that, you know, stupid, weird dreams after watching movies. And like I said, within seconds of waking up, you can immediately dismiss them as just a, you know, stupid or weird dream. Uh, this is, this has stuck with me like nothing else that's ever happened to me in my life. I can imagine. So do you think it could have been your parents um, maybe getting abducted instead of your neighbours? 
<laughs> no idea, no idea. Uh, like I said, the, the whole experience was, um, you know, seeing this light, hearing the, the sound and extreme emotions of terror. But as for seeing anything else that happened, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't see an actual craft. I, I didn't see any kind of, you know, beings or anything like that. Um, so yeah, just have, I really have no idea what was going on. Um, just that it was something that, you know, is not possible by our standards of reality. So yeah, I'm just sort of thinking like the by the going by the sound. I'm making assumptions here, but going by the, how loud the sound was, how bright it was. I'm thinking it's pretty close proximity to where you were um, situated. So that's yeah, what made well, me think that you might be your parents might be getting having experience. Yeah, yeah, no, no idea on that side of things. But something else that I I did want to mention that I forgot before is when I did get my face up to the the window to look out there didn't seem to be an edge to this thing like um i don't know to explain it like if you do look into a very very bright spotlight at night and you look directly into it it's blinding but you can see out of your vision you know to either side that there's you know an area that's lit up in an area that's not um if this was some sort of physical light it was enormous because from where I was looking up, I couldn't see the edge of anything. It was just the entire sky just seemed to be blinding white light. And it was a, it was uh, light out the surrounding area too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, like every, everything. I, I mean, I've got bush, so I can't see off into the distance. I can probably see around about 40 to 50 metres before I'm looking into solid bush, but I couldn't see any... Oh, we lost you again. Get a moment there, guys. We'll get him back. And I think he's back. Yeah, back now. <laughs> so, yeah, I could, I, I could only see around about 40 to 50 metres um, until I'm looking at sort of solid bush with quite tall trees. But I couldn't see any sort of darkness in the background through the trees. It was just like if you've ever gone outside on an extremely moonlit night and everything's lit up that sort of whitish blue colour. It was like that, but you know, a hundred times, a thousand times brighter, like so bright that you could barely even see. Uh, and that the noise, um, if you're ever near something that has a very, very large engine in it or some kind of, I guess, big power generator or, or some kind of big machinery that's just rumbling or rattling, you can tell the sound of something that's big, you know, and the sound of something that's small. And this just had that really big sound, like almost earth-shaking. Um, yeah, I, I still remember feeling the vibration yeah, completely going through my body. It was just an immensely big sound. Not Again, not incredibly loud, but like it was, uh, how, do you, how do you explain it? Just a, a heavy rumble. Um, yeah, it just looking back and and at the time it just it felt like something very very large uh was not too far up above the shed that i was in yeah uh, scary yes i i don't know exactly i think i was more confused than anything but i i don't know whether i might have thought there was some kind of you know world ending event happening outside <laughs> some kind of giant meteor 
yep. uh, that was burning up and was was coming down to slam into the earth. I don't know exactly what set off that, you know, huge amount of panic and terror. Um, I, I clearly remember standing at the door with my hand on the handle, trying to build up the courage to pop it open and and you know go outside, and I I just couldn't do it. Uh, yeah, just terrified, absolutely terrified. Yes, yeah, so that's what that's what sort of makes me feel that it could have been your parents. So they're like they're trying to stop you from going out your door to go towards where the main house would be. So that's what makes me think that this is your parents having this encounter. And um, yeah. obviously they obviously don't remember anything or anything in the past maybe that they could have think of and experiences. No, my dad's a very, um, you know, he's a very reality based person um he's not very open-minded at all to anything <laughs> anything like this which is oh, why i had such a hard time trying to convince him um but yeah no no stories or anything like that in the family the only other thing that i ever recall um amongst my family would be uh same area my three older brothers and this would have been many years before my experience were um nighttime fishing down at the rocks and um they were watching something moving across the horizon, looking south towards Antarctica, uh, which just looked like a small dot moving along the horizon. And they were chatting about different things while they were fishing. And then the conversation came up about, you see that over there, is that a plane, is it? Or is that a satellite? And they would, we sort of talked about it for a bit and then stopped and it moved all the way across the horizon. And then they said it stopped and sat completely still which brought their attention back to it and said, that thing stopped. You know, what would it be? Is that a helicopter or what is it? And um, I think I remember they said something about maybe it had turned and was flying away from them. Um, but they say that while they were focused on it and still talking about it, it went from the left-hand side of the horizon back across in the direction it came from, from one side of the horizon to the other in like less than a second. Holy and geez. so up until my experience, that was the only thing in my family UFO related I'd ever heard about. And, you know, they were just talking about, a, I guess, as a kid to me, a, what I'd seen as a shooting star. But to them, they'd watched it move across the, the horizon first. But, uh, you know, and they, they always swore that, you know, what we saw that night, I, I have no idea what the hell that was. Um, but it's not really been a big thing in our family that that particular thing um i don't think i've even talked to them about that for a long 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 time uh but yeah so that was about the only other thing my family was my mum and dad have never never spoken about any kind of strange things or experiences but um yeah i do remember hearing that as a as a small kid and asking them once or twice over the years but we haven't talked about that for a long time yeah fair enough um, did you wake up with any like sort of weird markings at all, or anything that looked unusual? No. Look, like if this had have happened to me now, that might have been something that I probably would have done. Gone into the bathroom and had a look over myself after watching <laughs> abduction things on documentaries and all. But like at the time, um, I just wasn't sure what had happened. I definitely wasn't thinking, you know, that an alien spaceship had been above my shed and possibly abducted me or anything like that um i really just didn't know what had happened i couldn't 
like most things that happen to you in life, if they're a bit strange or unusual, we start pointing in a direction of what you, you know, you think it might have been that happened. At the time, I just really had no idea. When I went inside to turn the TV on, I was expecting, you know, some kind of crazy um, astronomy event, like a giant meteor or something, like something massive had happened. Um, but there was absolutely nothing on the news. Like I said, it wasn't until years later watching UFO documentaries and things that um, sort of moment for moment my experience did seem to link very, very closely to what, you know, abduction experiences were like. Yeah, and that's fair enough. And that's the thing too, you're always trying to look for a bit of like a clarity or, you know, some sort of confirmation of what actually happened. Yeah, but there never seems to be anything <laughs> ever, ever, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, it, it's something that, um, you know, for the rest of my life, until the day I die, I'll have no real understanding of of what happened. I guess the main reason to want to start talking about it now is because it's a little bit more accepted. People are a bit more open-minded about, you know, strange lights in the night and this kind of thing going on. And in the hope, I guess, that if there's anybody else out there like me that, you know, went through a similar thing and then also like me just stop talking about it and, and haven't talked about it in so long that you know it might spark up somebody else to come forward and you know say hey that that happened to me as well yeah so where did this happen again uh so primero sands it's a very small uh coastal town in southern tasmania okay yep and uh yeah we lived at the very far end of it on a dead end street it probably had about uh maybe maybe 12 to 15 houses on the street and a lot of sort of spare blocks and bush in around those houses. Yeah, so it would be very yeah. unlikely for someone to have seen it. Well, it, it was so big <laughs> and so bright that, you know, you would think that if anybody was awake anywhere off in the distance that they would have seen something, surely. That was one of the biggest confusing things about it. Um, yeah, I just don't know. I don't know. Don't know how to explain it. Um, I'm just so sure. Like I've never even started to think to myself, maybe I did just dream it because um, I just I know exactly what it feels like to. Even when I dream, I like fine details of a dream. Like if you ever dream, you know that somebody's come to your house and something's going on. You often feel like, well, you know, I was dreaming here, but we weren't here. We were here, or you know, it, everything's very rough. Whereas this experience was crystal clear. Like, I, I can remember. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. 
The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Uh, you know, very fine details of the sound and the feeling and the emotion. It, this was not like any dream. Um, and even the waking up and feeling confused, like uh, I almost felt weird that I'd gone to sleep and I couldn't work out how I'd gone to sleep in the middle of something so terrifying. Um, if you've ever... Uh, I guess overslept your alarm and you need to go to work and you wake up and you think to yourself, Oh God, what have I, have I gone to sleep? You know, you've got to, you got to get up and you've got to get going. That was kind yep. of the feeling like when I woke up, like I, I was very aware of, of this, you know, very real event that was happening that I'd somehow fallen asleep. In. Um, that was probably the most confusing point And that I just, that's one of the things I kept repeating over and over uh, telling people over the days following that I just cannot work out how I fell asleep when I was so sort of alert and terrified uh, just didn't make any sense. Uh, the only thing I can think of is that the panic and fear had got to such an, you know, an intense level that I, I literally passed out. But um, yeah, I don't know. It was like I said, it was like when you go in for an operation and you go under anesthetic, that's sort of what it felt like yeah it would have been the worst um, feeling ever yeah and waking up like i just had this urgency to like get up and get moving and you know address what had happened uh i was aware that that it was you know early hours of the mornings probably around two or three o'clock when i'd woke up and gone through this and i knew it was now sort of seven in the morning um daylight and so i'd been asleep but you know something had happened and i I was yeah really distressed and needed to find out what had happened like urgently. Uh, yeah, I've never woken up from any kind of nightmare or dream or anything in that kind of state ever before or ever since. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. That's <laughs> that's that's the whole story, um, and I've tried to make sense of it uh, many many times throughout my life. And yeah, I just. I don't know. The only thing, like I say, that fits the fits the um, the bill is that something very large with very bright lights and a and a very loud, uh, or again deep or heavy um, rumbling or humming sound was was directly above the the shed that I was in that night. 
Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, if you guys can hear, I've got a bit of a thunderstorm coming through now, so if the power cuts out or show ends for any reason, you'll know why, because, yeah, we've got the, um, the old thunderstorm coming through, setting the ambient mood for the uh, tonight's stream. So, um, yeah, guys, just, um, just be aware of that one. I've got that coming through. Um, so I do have a couple of questions here. Like I know you've probably covered most of this, but um, one question is, uh, are you frightened when you think of it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, like when I try and talk about it openly or even like I've talked about it with my partner. Um, we've been together now for oh, getting on seven years and I've talked about it with her many times and whenever we start talking about it or I bring it back up, um, my chest gets tight. Um, I just find it sort of difficult to go back through. Um, absolutely terrifying. I, I, yeah, I can't even put into words. I've been in some near-death experiences. I've been trapped underwater in a in a tank at a at a fish farm, and was drowning and I couldn't get out. And you know, I struggled and got my way out of that. Um, those types of things have not had a post-traumatic sort of stress effect on me like what this has. Yeah, even yeah, just even talking about it now, um, but yeah, very, very uncomfortable, and um, it yeah puts me right back to just remembering how scared I was. Yeah, I think it's pretty much a common thing too when it comes to abductions there, and they're not really realizing what's going on. This sort of brings a whole different aspect to their feeling of dread and horror of the realization that something could have possibly gone down that that you're knowing and that's the scariest part about this whole thing um that, that's yeah. the thing that scares me about the whole ufo abduction thing like um they can do this and we have no choice no idea no clue when or when they're going to like how they're going to do this and that's the scariest part i feel yeah I, I think the i guess the scariest part for me and um why it is something that's kind of lasted is because you grow up in the world with an idea of like what's real and what's not real and when something that you're aware of something very real um maybe like a you know a big tiger snake or something is near you it's scary but it fits with the reality that you're used to yeah um when something like this happens it's so far out of anything you've ever learnt about or or you know expected to happen that it's a just a different level of terror a whole different reality basically yeah <laughs> yeah and it's it's one of those things like i think it, uh, around about 12 months later i started to feel i guess kind of a bit more at ease that maybe it's not ever going to happen again or you know hopefully it's not ever going to happen again and it didn't seem to be and as the years passed i became more relaxed and i'm over my fear of you know the night have been for a long time and i i'm back to how i was before um but for a good while after that happened i was yeah really shaken up yeah no that's totally understandable um so next question is um also did anyone else see anything and other reports on the same event with the that amount of light in the area not that i'm aware of but again uh no internet um, we're also living in a time when if people were to call up, you know, a news station and say that they saw something like this, it's probably unlikely that anything like that would go to air. Um, this day and age, definitely, you know, 
if people called up and said they seen something strange in the sky, the media likes to, especially the radio stations and that, like to jump on. They often, you know, like to have a bit of a poke and a dig and make a bit of fun on the on the topic. But you know, back then, you're living in a different time. Like any anything like that that was mentioned on TV was just the ramblings of a you know a nutcase. Um, everything was everything was just considered to be um, in the world of the loopy, you know, if anyone was to mention anything like that. So, I, you know, I don't really know whether anyone else called in or whether anybody's seen anything from a distance. I mean, there's been quite a few things that have happened in Tasmania over the last sort of 50 or 60 years. I remember there was a story of a, a small craft that came down and landed on a beach, um, I think it was down in a place called Kettering and a, a father and daughter woke up and actually walked down there and were walking around this thing. It was like only small, like the size of a very small car. And then it raised up off the ground and took off into the sky. And I remember hearing about that story when I was a little kid on the media and just sort of laughing along with my parents, like, you know, what, what the hell were those people on, you know, as if that really happened kind of thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Yes. It, it, it was definitely a different time then than it is now. So Absolutely. if there were if there were a lot of other people that seen it, I'd say there was a very high probability that a lot of people out there um, either wouldn't have been taken seriously or if they saw something really strange like that, would have been reluctant to even tell anybody about it. Yeah. No, absolutely. There's sadly still that stigma that's in the uh, the media today or even in people in general. And hopefully we can sort of move away from that and take it a bit more seriously. But uh, I think as time goes on, I'm sure it'll happen. But um, hopefully they'll realise, you know, with the, uh, the Americans there come out with their admitting to these things existing. So, oh, of course, they're not admitting aliens, but, you know, UFOs of all yeah. things, you know, people were laughing yeah. at the fact that UFOs existed and now they're here. So why and, keep and laughing? The, weird, yeah, the weirdest thing is, is that if you see some sort of post online, uh, for example, there's a Facebook group called Tasmanian History and somebody put a um, post on there the other day asking whether that anyone had ever seen any UFOs or anything in Tasmania and the ridicule that like just blew up in the comment section of people that are just living in this reality that, you know, they just simply don't exist and that it's all just made up fantasy. And, and I put a comment on there saying uh, you are aware of the, you know, the media releases by the, the US government <laughs> over the last couple of years about their actual footage and radar data. And I don't think anyone's really, you know, the majority of people haven't even really taken any notice of it. It's just been so deeply ingrained to brush it off as, as crazy talk that even when you, you see an official, you know, uh, news report or a story on it, most people just immediately tune out and I don't even think they take the information in. I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, it's a shame though, but like I really hope people do sort of take on board what's going on around them. You know, these things do are around. But anyway, <laughs> we can keep going on this for ages with this sort of, you know, the realization <laughs> that people need to go and understand that goes on. And the fact that they also keep going into drugs and that, you know, thinking people, oh yeah, they're on drugs and whatever and crap and they're just all high and seeing shit. And it's like, nah, man, <laughs> not everyone's on drugs and people are still yeah. seeing things. So. And the the weird thing is, too, when something that like what happened to me happens, you yourself understand how 
far out of like the normal it is. And you immediately, when you're trying to tell people about it, are already expecting them to have a very hard time to try and wrap their mind around, you know, trying to believe what you're saying, you know, really did happen because you know yourself, you know, it's really, really strange. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing. It is. It's absolutely very difficult. And I think that's why people are struggling a little bit to come forward with their sort of encounters. Even though they're starting to, you know, they're starting to get a bit more courage now because people are coming forward a lot more, but there's still a lot more people there that have experienced something that's still holding back a little bit. And hopefully with shows like this one here and, you know, the Believe Podcast and other shows that, you know, encourages more people to come out and come out with their encounters, experiences and show what they have seen, basically. Yeah, I mean, if you if you really start digging on the internet, there are quite a few um, properly reported and like newspaper articles of sort of UFO uh, sightings and experience over the years, but they're not given much attention even now with a lot of these new sort of documentaries and things that are coming up about, you know, things that have happened in Australia. Like, for example, there was a, a reverend in the town of Cressy in Tasmania, and there's a uh, like locally famous story there of him and his wife seeing a huge craft with small craft flying around it. And yep. um, when you really look into that story, like that's you know absolutely incredible and by very credible witnesses. But you still haven't seen that one on any like major documentary or anything like that. So mm, yeah, it's surprising what's out there when you really start digging in. Oh, it's a it's a rabbit hole. You can go. To- Deep diving as far <laughs> right down the bottoms of the uh, the ocean, I reckon, and still keep going. <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, another one that's um, we've probably got a few late bloomers come in and they're asking some questions regarding your experience there. So, um, so we yep. have covered some of these, but uh, one's um, asking there, uh, do you think you might have been taken or family involved in this whole abduction? Uh so again like i've not ever had a dream that like you know links to any kind of experience or or had any kind of flashbacks or anything at all that makes me think that anything other than the fact that i just seem to have passed out and woke up in the morning happened to myself personally um my parents i mean i would think if they had been aware of anything strange that had happened that night when i was you know, confronting them in the morning, trying to tell them what I'd seen, they would have said something if they weren't aware of it. And then, you know, years later, we're having some sort of flashbacks or weird things themselves. Um, I'm fairly certain that they'd be open enough to talk about, you know, something a bit weird going on. My dad, maybe not so much. My mum, definitely. But my dad has changed a lot over the years as he's got older. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've brought this back up to them a few times over the years and they've never really looked at it as anything other than, you know, oh, that, that was that night you got up carrying on when you had that weird dream or whatever. So yeah, that there's never been any signs from my family or like I said, any experiences from myself that make me think anything like that happened. Uh, I have obviously um, heard about the sort of hypnotherapy regression type thing um and that's a really strange one as well because i guess if something did happen uh i just wonder whether or not the rest of my life would be a bit more comfortable if i don't know 
yeah, that's one of those things, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, I'm not sure that's something that I really want to know if something like that did happen. Yeah, you don't want um, flashbacks yeah. of things that have been happening to you and they could have been like really extremely bad things, you know, and like that would yeah, be pretty traumatizing. I mean, the experience was sort of scary enough as it was, let alone to have somebody sort of managed to fish out any additional memories of anything even more terrifying <laughs> yeah no that's fair enough uh, another one's asking the uh, like the same that you i'm sure you would have heard this too but like um yeah, there's sort of like a bit of a family contract that goes through um with a lot of people that get abducted and they're asking like have um have you looked into maybe breaking the contract to stop being abducted but seeing as it's your only abduction it might not be a contract involved yeah, I'm not really sure exact, exactly what they mean there. I mean, I guess... No, we've lost you. <clears throat> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, right. if, it had happened, if it had happened sort of multiple times, I would start to, I guess, maybe think that myself or my family were being targeted by something like that being... Um, just a complete one-off. I'm not really sure sort of what to think of it on that side of things. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe they, they they took me once and then realised I wasn't cut out for what they needed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> and then went, no, no, this one's no good. <laughs> yeah, no, it's taking yeah. back. Yeah, I've, I've, never, <laughs> I've never had the sense where I've genuinely felt that, you know, that I was abducted or or anything like that um and i feel like in all this time after and especially seeing so many things on documentaries i feel like something would feel familiar or you know there'd be some kind of flashback i really uh i really don't know yeah no that's fair enough too um, we don't sadly don't remember everything which is probably a good thing in most cases but yeah anyway um so another one is if i can find where i was going through there now and uh down the bottom here right yep so um in hindsight as you have moved along through the years what do you think the phenomenon was if you're able to put your finger on it mental physical metaphysical dimensional etc uh like i said the closest thing that fits what I could hear and see and that scared feeling of being something small, feeling like there was something incredibly large above me. I would say the, you know, it all points in the direction that maybe there was some kind of, you know, very large UFO hovering above the, the house, maybe an extremely large one hovering over the entire town. It, it sounded very very big and had an, an enormous and powerful uh, light so I guess that's that's all I've really and I'm still not a hundred percent sure you know that it even is like a UFO type thing but that's the only thing in my life since that happened that seems to fit what I was experiencing that night so if I had to guess what I think it most likely was then I would say yeah maybe a, a very large craft hovering quite close above the house or the houses. Um, and I don't know, my feeling of terror, it's hard to judge, like whether something 
in the sound or something was setting off that terror or whether that terror was just a natural reaction to something so far out and so far out of like normal. Um, yeah, I don't know whether something was causing me to, to panic like that. Like I said, I wasn't somebody that got scared too easily. I definitely wasn't scared of the night and being out in the night by myself. Um, I guess before that had ever happened, if someone else was to tell me that happened, I would have said, God, why didn't you go outside and have a look, you know, that sort of thing. But when you're in that moment, um, yeah, I don't know. I just had this, I, I guess I felt like if I opened the door and went outside, I was exposed to whatever this was. And um, yeah, I just couldn't go out. I just become completely overcome with fear. Uh, and like, as I, I said before, um, that moment of fear, like stopping me from going outside to when I backed up and then got onto my bed and pulled the covers over me, um, just kept escalating and escalating. And, you know, the vibration and sound seemed to just be getting more intense. It just felt like whatever it was, was getting closer. And I just went into just absolute terror, like terrified panic. And then just bang like that. I was laying on my back in a reasonably well-made bed in the morning and I just could not figure out how that happened. Yeah. I'm not sure if you've heard stories, but I've um, heard where people have gone, like, in, like say, gone bushwalking or sunlight or they've just gone to a certain area and they've just had this overwhelming dread that just come over them. Like, there's, like, this horrible feeling, sensation just washed straight over them. And then, like, you know, they sort of kept trying to walk towards where they originally wanted to go. And the, the feeling just gets stronger and it turns into absolute terror. And they just know that if they keep continuing, something bad is going to happen. And so they, they just can't go any further. Yeah. Um, I mean, so that... they turn around and just go back. <laughs> and, like, and then as soon as they go past that certain point, the whole feeling and sensation just disappears. Well, that's That was, I guess the sort of the feeling that I had, um, I was terrified and I felt like something, I didn't know what, but something really, really bad um, was about to happen or, or was happening. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't go out. And then I guess it was like a spider being trapped in a jar inside that shed. Um, I had no idea whether I was safe in there, or whether making a run for it was the better option. I just didn't really know what to do. I, I had this, really overwhelming sense to try and hide or get away but I, I was nowhere to go um, and I, I always think to myself how sort of pointless or silly it was to get onto my bed and cover myself with my blankets um, you know what, what's that going to do but <laughs> instinctively it was the only thing that I could think of doing if anything it was just to, to block out my own um, vision of what was happening yeah, well, it's yeah. obviously work in a sense, I suppose. Like, I think that's one of our things. Like, um, like we do have those emotions there, fight or flight. And I think, I guess, one of those ones that hit you was the flight and trying to retreat as far as you could. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, to go back to, like, halfway through, um, when I'd looked up and seen the bright light and heard the sound, when I made that decision to turn and, like, walk towards the door and sort of burst the door open and make a run for the back door and start yelling out, you know, help or something to my parents. I was very committed to that. But right as I got to the door and put my hand on the handle, 
um, I don't know whether my senses sort of just sharpened even more and I just had a second thought of what happened, but I just, yeah, I just could not open that door and the, my chest locked up and yeah, the terror just really, really came on hard at that point. So yeah, I, I don't know whether something seemed to stop me from going out there or whether again, like that was just my natural instinct once I'd had a, a, just a couple of more moments to sort of process it as I was about to step out that I changed my mind. I don't know. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair enough. Um, so before we start in the show there, mate, I've got one last question there for you. Um, so what do you think these things actually are, these UFOs? Um, what's your whole idea or perspective on the whole UFO genre or who's controlling these crafts? All right. So I think obviously going through this experience um, when I was younger and, and so much information available out there now, so many documentaries and access to um, eyewitness accounts, I think it has to be you know intelligent life out there somewhere um whether or not you know the people that are monitoring our uh, perimeters into space are being entirely truthful um and are not telling us when they're seeing these things zipping in and out or whether they're just simply not detecting them but i think it has to be something i mean there has to be intelligent life out there and if it's been around for you know, a lot longer than we have, we have zero chance of understanding what kind of technology they would have access to. Uh, it would make sense to have a sticky beak and look around, maybe run some experiments on different life that they found out there. If they're, you know, thousands of times more advanced than us, it would also make sense that they don't really have any interest in wanting to communicate with us or, you know, share information i can't see that we would have anything at all to offer an intelligent race that you know would be that far in front of us so yeah i don't know i just think it all it all points to you know we're just being checked out and looked at by other life out there and when you you see so many of the documentaries with such massive descriptions in the shape and size of the crafts that people are seeing or even the the entities that people claim to see um you know, maybe maybe we're being checked out by multiple different intelligent races out there. Who knows? But that would be my guess as to what the UFO thing is all about. Um, I mean, everything points towards it. There's people that say maybe it's an earthly thing that's been here all along. I don't think that really makes sense. If there was some kind of advanced intelligence here on Earth and it's always been here, I can't see what purpose or function it would have here i think it makes more more sense that it's life coming from elsewhere and just just calling in here to have a look <laughs> that's what i think's happening yeah no that's a fair opinion too there's so many out there and whether it's the right one or not <laughs> we'll guess we'll maybe find out in this lifetime but hopefully eventually yeah, <laughs> it'll be good to just get it out there some people like to think that they're kind of watching over us, like if they're going to military installations and working out how to shut down our nuclear weapons to stop us from, you know, blowing each other up and all of that sort of stuff. And that I, I see that that is possible, but I also think that it's maybe just a point of interest to them to come down and see to what level of advancement, you know, our defences are and our, you know, our technology, um, our 
very high-tech military bases around the world would definitely be points of interest if you were wanting to study, you know, um, primitive technology, which would be how they would see it, I would guess, just to see where we're at. So I'm not sure whether they're fully looking out for us. You think if they were, they might have stopped some of the pretty horrible things that have happened over the last 50 or 60 years or even further back. So Yeah. Absolutely. Even this is the first initial world war. If you think that it's like, no, 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 just hold up, guys. You, you're doing this all wrong. <laughs> yeah, it would have been a great they start. Up, they reckon they showed up when our nuclear bombs and that were going off and all. I, I really think that it's probably just a just a point of interest just to come and see what's happening, have a bit of a look and check out what the, the noise was. <laughs> it could have been too. Um, I'm not sure that they're really that overly concerned with us if they are out there. If if they were of some sort of caring, overwatching, concerning type um, nature, I feel that there would be motivation there to make contact and to try and help us, which, as you know, as far as we know, that sort of hasn't happened. So, mm. yep, no, that's a fair fair point too. So, um, but yeah, look, mate, we'll end it there, mate. And um, look, mate, thank you very much for coming on the show. It was absolutely great having you on here. Um, absolutely amazing experience. And yeah, sadly, it's um, nothing too memorable, uh, memorable in your aspect. Like, obviously, the, the whole initial experience, but nothing um, yeah. in between that. I well, mean. I've, learned, <laughs> I've learned to live with it now. Obviously, it was a long time ago, and nothing's ever happened since, which was a, a good thing. So, um, yeah, I'm sort of quite comfortable now. It's a little bit uncomfortable uh, recollecting that and going back through it, but in day-to-day life, I'm, I'm sort of all good now, so... No, mate, that's good. It's I hope it stays that way too because you just don't know what was on that other side. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you very much for having me on and giving me the opportunity to share my story. Sorry for cutting in and out or if I, I went back over details or hopefully it all made sense. Yeah, no, mate, that's fine, mate. That's sort of a bit of a, my fault on that end there because I'm um, trying out this new Skype thing, trying to get away from using Facebook Messenger because when I've been streaming there, you can hear my messages coming through from my Facebook page and that's just... Yeah, get notifications all through the bloody stream. It's like, ah, get rid of that. <laughs> so I'm trying something different, trying to work our way around it. And um, Zoom obviously costs money, so I'm not trying to avoid that one. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, a trial and error thing. We got, we got the communication enough, clear enough um, for people listening. So Yeah, definitely. I hope it was coming through clear enough anyway because um, the storm coming through that um, might have played up with the incident a little bit there, but... No, hopefully it's all there. We, um, it's all been recorded anyway, guys, so it is on the podcast. But, um, so, but yeah, no, thank you, Kim, for coming on the show, mate. Absolutely great having you here, and um, all the best, mate, for the future. No worries. Thank you, mate. Have a good one. You too. Cheers, mate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.